Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network where I, your host Ted Weston, along with my crew, OG Will, the New Mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, Rep Amy Veronica, the Temptress Witch Ivy, the Executive Nelio Cuomo Costa, the Presenter of the Key, Kevin Key, and the Cuz, Cousin Mike, bring you the best content in wrestling podcasting. It's the indies, it's the pros, it's anywhere you go. Let's jump right in to Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Ted Weston. I am here with Ref Thick as Fuck, and I am here with Cousin Mike. And uh, we are going to be, uh, first of all, I got to say, this is this is the kickoff to Season 7, y'all. Like, holy shit, Season 6 flew by, right? For for our listeners and our viewers that have, that have recently started following us, um, we haven't talked about how this works in a while, so we run... WrestleMania to Survivor Series, and then Survivor Series to WrestleMania. Um, and each of those is a season. So in our three years, and today, by the way, today itself is the official three-year anniversary of Rewind, which is crazy as shit, right? <laughs> like, like OG and I started this thing three fucking years ago today. It's older than my son. It is older than your son. You know, the quality it's- of shows that we have been involved with since then have gone way up yes yes the old school shit and in fact amy and i discussed this over the weekend when uh when she and i got to visit with each other amy i miss you i, miss I know you. we were drinking buddies it was i amazing. know it was so beautiful <laughs> i miss you <laughs> um, um but yeah so we uh we were talking this weekend while we were chilling, watching the Hall of Fame and shit. And we were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna clear out a whole lot of the old shit." <laughs> so, uh, if you were if you were a fan of Will and Ted's Excellent Wrestling Rewind from back in the day, three years ago, that was a three hour news show. Go and watch it now because it's gonna disappear very, very, very soon. So, you know, we're su- we're super excited here to bring you season seven, and we're gonna kick off season seven the way that we kick off every season, which is we're gonna talk WrestleMania wrap up. We're going to talk Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the highs, some of the lows for us. Uh, and we're going to be able to, to kind of jump right into figuring out, uh, you know, what, what we think and what we think the IWC has kind of come up with. Because I think, you know, um, Amy handles a lot of our socials now, but I've been trying to jump back in a little bit lately, you know, trying to, trying to fish my way the personality. through. Personality. You're the personality. I try. I try. Um, Amy's the bot. I'm the guy. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I like it. I'm feeling just get shit done. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but uh, I think that the feeling from most of the IWC is that WrestleMania was super successful and was potentially the the best WrestleMania of the last five years. Um, I'd go 15. So um, you'd mm-hmm. go with? I'd go 15 years. 15 years. So you're going all the way back to 2007? Bruh. Bruh. I mean, it was a great WrestleMania. I really enjoyed the shit out of the card. Um, you know, so let's let's jump in a little bit. First of all, I think, I, I think this is a pretty easy question for everybody involved, but it, it might not be. Um, night one or night two, which night was better for WrestleMania this year? Um, Amy, you're, you, you're, you're showing me with your fingers. That's what I do with, with my, with my students sometimes like show me with your fingers. How many beats is it worth? <laughs> Amy. So, so since you, you stuck the hand up there first, you know, see what I did there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I enjoyed night one better because like, um, when you work in the industry, um, they, there's a line that they always use when they tell like everybody gets pepped up for the show is like you work towards the show not yourself and I felt like as far as like the crescendo that was the show I think night one achieved that a lot better than night two because even though the main event night two was great I don't think it matched quite the crescendo that was happening mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was like it had the the Pat McAfee Vince McGann thing was like a like for some people some people know um a really big high and then it was brought down a little bit by the men event because like not because it was a bad match but it just didn't match the trajectory yeah so that's why i say night one because it just kept going for night one yeah 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 i mean if i'm being honest um I, i wholeheartedly would have not put the ko show on night one 
I think night one was so good that that should have been on night two and it should have come at, it should have come like the Pat McAfee segment should have been earlier in the night mm-hmm. and you should have had, you should have had Austin come out and stun him. And then KO came out and attacked him and it set up the match. And then you got mm-hmm. the match at the end of, at the end of night two and it could have mm-hmm. come after the championship match and nobody would have given a fuck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Cause stone cold Steve Austin got in the ring for the first time in 19 years and nobody would have given a shit that it came after the championship match. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that that night two was great, but I think that night one, uh, night one definitely was at the peak. Mm-hmm. We had a little dip and it came back a little bit and then it dipped all the way down, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause what are your thoughts? All right. So night one was obviously better than night two, but one of the things from, uh, from night one that I thought was a little bit underrated um, and it was also a sad moment was Boogs uh, tearing his mm. uh, quad the way that he did. But the more I sat around and thought about it, it actually helped Boogs more than it hurts him because it separates him from Shinsuke, so it gets rid of the whole comedy gimmick. On top of that, neither one of them had to turn heel to turn on each other to separate the two. So when he comes back, inevitably he can have the big like face return, which between me and you, like Boogs needs to be a face. I don't see him being a really effective heel unless he gets super serious, like you know, Otis with the Alpha Academy. And mm-hmm. it also opens up Nakamura to make his decision if he's gonna stay or if he's gonna leave. Hmm. Well, I mean, for me, I don't know. For me, I feel like Rick Boogs as an in-ring performer, I mean, he's good. He's really, really good. But I don't think, like, that's what draws me to him is his in-ring work. I think the character right now is what draws yeah. me to him, the, the the personality that we get from him from this character. Um, and I don't think that the silliness of this comedy character takes away from... Oh, absolutely not. From the competitiveness of his character, where there's some, there's some like, our truth it certainly does. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Akira Tozawa, it certainly does. But this gimmick, I feel like it's just, it's an over-the-top gimmick. It's him turned up to, to 12. And, um, and and no, it's not even him turned up to 12. That's him. That's 100% him. <laughs> Let me lay this out there. Boogs is Big E with better ring ability. Hmm. But and and this is where I have an issue. I I need to see more from Boogs before I want to see him separated from Shinsei, Shinsuke. Because yeah. I think having Shinsuke there provides him with something that is intangible. Um, because he can play that entrance theme and no matter what happens in the ring that night, people still cheered him and cheered the shit out of him because he played the shit out of that entrance theme. Um and that is why he's over, right? If he had just been Rick Boogs and he had been playing some random nonsense on the guitar and just riffing on the guitar, he would have just been Strongman Elias. Yeah, like, like that—that's what he would—he would have been—he would have been, been Freddie Mercury-looking Strongman Elias. Like, 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 what do you want? You know what I mean? So, so I think the fact that he's paired with Shinsuke and that 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 song is so beloved by the wrestling community, that entrance theme, I think that that does a lot for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're not going to see him for a year. Yeah. Which was yeah. why I was like, I, I'm very questioning of like why it does him more good not being here for a year. Because that's a year. And he's already early 30s. And that's time lost. Yeah. And it's, it's a knee injury, lost. which will plague him for the rest of his career. I just, I feel like it saves the inevitable. Somebody has to turn bad and be a... In order tag teams all the time when they want to separate them into the single. So you so you're talking about it, the the benefit is more that you know he won't have to deal with the typical the WWE jargon. booking bullshit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think he's still going to have to deal with that when he comes back. If he comes back, like that's the problem. A year from now, a lot can change. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
Well, let's let's see. I certainly think you know. We certainly wish Rick Boogs all the best in his recovery. And, and it's you know, a mindset, we, my bro. It's a mindset. We uh, we slogan. hope to get you back. Yep, yep. <laughs> we, we hope we get you back, brother, because we we love watching you. We love watching you. We on our prediction show, we talked about how much we want to see you break out. Um, you know, I hope we didn't jinx you. I'm sorry, bro. Um, you know, the, there were certainly some moments on night one, by the way, that um, were lackluster. Let's say that. Um, Drew McIntyre, happy Corbin. Meh. That was didn't my, have that, to be on the show. Didn't have it, to be on the it show. It didn't have to be on the show at all. I mean, the only reason it was on the show was so that Drew McIntyre would be on the show. Yeah. Because he was the champion the last two WrestleManias, and they felt the need to keep him on the show. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, which, which ultimately, hey, listen, it, it makes sense, but there's other things that you could have done there. Also, pre-show. Nothing was on the, the pre-shows yep. at all. Put them on the pre-shows. Like, yeah. If you're going to have that block, do put people there. I know yeah. it's probably not filled, but whatever. Well, let, listen, let's talk about that two-hour freaking pre-show, okay? Not that we paid attention to it a whole yeah. lot because we had better things to do. <laughs> we were fucked up. <laughs> but it was on. <laughs> but it was on in the background. Every shucky-ducky, quack-quack. <laughs> but i mean listen you assemble this you assemble this panel of of people to talk for two hours about the show that's about to happen for three hours no no stop it for god's yeah. sakes no that's what every podcast in the world did for the whole last week you don't need booker t to sit there and do it he did it on his show he doesn't yeah. need to do it for you on the on the cock. Get out of here, okay? No. So they they need to they need to figure out what the pre show is really going to be from now on, okay? Is is it going to be a spot where you have a couple of warm up matches and and some people talk for half an hour and we see a half an hour of wrestling and then we move on, or is it going to be a two hour talk show? Because this is what's going to happen if it's a two-hour talk show. I'm going to yawn ah. my ass off. You know, it's like, it, 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 crap. It's crap, 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 crap. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if they used the pre-show as, like, their, like, call-up? Maybe. I mean, I have a a similar kind of idea to that, actually, that I was going to, that I was going to throw out there, too. And it's, it's something like, it's something like the, the call-up. Um, you're talking about like calling people up from NXT. Yeah, like yeah. as in like debuting for Raw, blah, 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 blah. Here's yeah. this guy who's facing somebody from Raw and then the big debut for SmackDown, like whatever single guy that they want to bring up or whatever tag team they want to bring up. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the pre-show for the big four, not for every pay-per-view, right? Sorry, got to get myself in the right mindset here. <laughs> the pre-show, the pre-show, should be um, at WrestleMania time. It should be that's when the draft is. Do the draft. That would interesting. Do the draft at the pre-show for WrestleMania on you know you do um, you do night one of the draft on night one and night two of the draft on night two, right? And then and then you do at SummerSlam, right? You do, uh, you do a status report of the draft picks and how they've benefited the shows, right? Mm-hmm. And how their how their careers have gone, right? So that the draft becomes more meaningful, right? And then at Survivor Series, you do a mid year shakeup, and that's when that's like the trade deadline. Like you have a trade deadline like in, every, in every sport. Yeah. It just right? sucks because both networks are like clamoring for the trade. Like, yeah. But you know what? Now, I I really don't see them disjointing those two championships again. I think it's going to stay one championship. At least I hope it does. Please. It can be the Pepe Silva, which is mine. It's mine, Amy. <laughs> for you now. I have not been dethroned officially. That officially. championship is mine. <laughs> And it will be mine until WrestleMania Backlash at the bare minimum. You keep that warm for me. I feel like, and this is just me, but 
you got your two champions and everything like that. And I feel like the title should be contended for throughout the year. And at WrestleMania, it's champion versus champion. And whoever wins that basically becomes king of the ring. And then both belts get opened up again. Um, that you and I have talked about that before. Like that's an idea you brought you've brought up before like, with me. Either that or just like after like having the champion versus champion thing this year, I kind of liked it a lot. And the brand that wins should get like the first overall pick in the draft. That that's what I was about to say is is and I, I but I don't think you do it. At, I don't think you do that at WrestleMania. I think you do that at Survivor Series because now that makes Survivor Series worth something. I think I think at Survivor Series you ha- you have that, um, you know you have that clash of Raw and SmackDown, and the winner gets the gets the draft advantage, gets the first overall pick. The like, only night when they fight each other. Remember that the only night. The only night. <laughs> no. Um. All right. So, so we've talked about night one versus night two a little bit. Let's talk about what your weak spot for the pay-per-view was. I don't want to dwell on the negatives because I think that WrestleMania weekend was wildly successful. I think it was a great show. Um, but I do want to say like, you know, what, what was, you know, one of your weak spots. Now I talked about Drew McIntyre, and happy Corbin. Um, I want to hear what you, what you two have to say. And for all of our listeners at home, uh, viewers at home comment in on YouTube in the comment section, or if you're listening on sports wire or on a podcast platform, or if you're, uh, listening on, or if you're watching on Roku, go to uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Rewind Podcast, W R E W I N D P O D C A S T. Cause I'm going to come to you first on this one. What was your, your kind of low point for the, uh, for the weekend? Um, I was about to heal out and be like, Cody Rhodes coming back sucked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, and I have thoughts on that, but nothing negative on that. Yeah. Um. All right, so look, every Mania has throwaway matches. Mm-hmm. There's like matches that are just matches to be matches. It's break matches. Um, but I kind of didn't care for Ronda Rousey coming back. Mm. I don't think Ronda Rousey cared for Ronda Rousey coming back, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that was more like not her wanting to come back, but the company saying like, hey, you we're still paying you and mm-hmm. able bodied now. Yeah. Yeah, I but think I think that match was underwhelming for sure. I just I feel like like, you know, it, it adds to the Charlotte legacy that everybody whines about, about her always winning and everything like that, and going over big names. So, I mean, it, it, she's a player. She's always going to go over big names. But, like, it's one thing when it's, like, people that want to make the effort and show up multiple times. Like, I can't, I can't knock Johnny Knoxville because – that guy took a lot of really big bumps and everything like that and did what he was supposed to do. The whole Ronda Rousey thing just seemed like it was forced and she didn't want to be there. Mm. Yeah. I would even say that's from the beginning, from the first promo she gave after Royal Rumble. Like yeah. she talked about how like she wasn't like, didn't care about WWE, that she was just there for the title. But like the way she delivered the promo just seemed like, I don't care. Like I, I don't want to be here. Oh, They're yeah. paying money. <laughs> and she so. caught like on a heat over that and almost lost the match anyway. Yeah. They were gonna cut her. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens next with Ronda Rousey, that's for sure. Uh Amy, what was your low spot? So wait, you know what I know what it was. Hmm. It was Johnny Knoxville. No, no, that was my high I know, spot. I know, I know. <laughs> it was my favorite. But all right, so my low spot is not so much about the actual idea of the ma- the angle, it's the execution of it. And that was the entire after angle of Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon. <sighs> I, I feel like the, the execution of that was so terrible because they could have literally just done this. Like Pat McAfee wins the match, 
you have the two on uh, Vince and um, Austin Fury on the outside, and they could have just come in and put the boots to McAfee, and then you have the glass shatter and and Stone Cold comes out. But because we have the match with Vince and Pat, where Vince looks like absolute shit, like for a wrestling standard, those clotheslines were god awful, and to see Pat go against Austin Theory and have that match, and then to see him taking those clotheslines from Vince. I feel like like Pat is not going to be really a wrestler that often, so I don't really take it that heavily. But it just it destroyed the moment, and then you have that awkward moment after Vince wins, where they're just standing there, and then they play Austin Theory's music, and Vince pretends to jump like it was the glass shattering, and he blew the spot, and it was just it was terrible execution and took me out of the moment. And yeah. I feel like they could have just stopped that by not having a match and just having a beatdown angle. But and then of course Vince botching the um, stunner, but it was worth it just to see Stone Cold's face after that and him yeah. laughing and running around the ring. That was worth it. Did you see? Did you see uh, Mick Foley's reaction? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley's reaction to Vince botching the stunner was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. One hundred percent worth everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, like absolutely incredible. Um, and it was just nice to see Stone Cold because, like, it was so serious with the Kevin Owen thing. But just to, he looked like he was having so much fun that second night. So I that yeah. it kind of made that worth it. But like the way getting there was just really cringy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we that my see we may not see the end of Pat McAfee in the ring. Well, I know we're not going to see the end, but he's not going to be full time. Yeah, he's not going to be a full time wrestler. He's too good on the commentary table for them to give him yeah. up. Um, so there's a there's an article out right now about why Bobby Lashley will not be able to get almost over. This whole thing, and this leads into the Raw after Mania, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um It's hard to get almost over, okay? Because he's imposing and he's big and he can work the big man moveset pretty well and he looks great. Like Mike and I have, have said before that he in person, he looks great. Um, you know, but he's just not... He has no personality. He has nothing that makes you want to watch him. And that's what they're hoping they're going to get from MVP. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think that MVP and Bobby Lashley can get this guy over. I just don't think it will happen. And so I think this was a wasted opportunity for Bobby Lashley. Like, I feel like Bobby should have had something different at WrestleMania and this was not it. And so this was a real low spot for me because Bobby's so talented and he is over. Yeah. He's over. So and if why you, are you, you were just gonna this? yeah, if you were ever gonna do what you did on Monday, just do the entire spot on Monday. Like you guys are missing something with that too, though. Hmm. MVP's healthy. If you look at the strikes that he was giving the Bobby and everything like that, no, oh, yeah, have the bad knee anymore. I think that Omos is gonna be put into a silent like Kevin Nash spot. And MVP is going to be the main focal point of that. Like MVP is actually going to have more matches again. Because like when when I saw him in the ring, one I was like, wait, he's barely using the cane. And then when I saw him actually like kick Lashley when he was down and everything like that, I'm like, that's that's the look of a dude that's like knee isn't busted up. Yeah, no, they wouldn't let him work if he wasn't. Yeah, and. It made me think he's probably been healthy for some time, but he's just been doing the cane thing just to like play it off and everything like that. He also looks cool as fuck with the cane. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's going to be like a a really like odd looking like Shawn Michaels slash like million dollar man type thing where like MVP is just going to find ways to bring him in the do shit for him and everything like that. Because really, to be God honest, that's the only spot that really I can see for Omos. Yeah, I mean, because what what are they going to do? They're going to put Roman Reigns in there with them next, and 
Roman Reigns destroys him because then, you know, all right, so he can beat all the mid-carders. Woo! Like, yeah. yeah. He's Big so good. You know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Um, all right, well, let's let's get off the dead spots a little bit here, and let's talk about what our favorite moments were for the weekend. Um, Amy, I know, I know you're dying to get this off your chest. I know. Um, I know. The viewers know because I went on this rant after Royal Rumble. So, go ahead. Johnny Knoxville versus Sammy. If that was match of the weekend for me, because it was everything that I wanted in a Johnny Knoxville match against anybody. Like, it was everything that if you put WWE and Jackass in the same group, everything that happened in there was great. And I freaking loved it. And I would even say, as far as, like, just matches, I enjoy top five WrestleMania moment for me. I'm not going to say it's in general. And I understand why people hate it because, obviously, like, I am interact with people on a daily basis that I know who absolutely hated that match. They thought it was an embarrassment to wrestling, and I get why. But for me, as a 12-year-old loving jackass, Viva La Bam, Wild Boys, all that shit, I fucking loved it. And it was amazing. So so I also want to give a huge shout-out to Mae Young's child, The Hand, yep. who, who seriously has grown up and, uh, and made their first in-ring appearance. I mean, amazing. Absolutely amazing I debut. pissed myself when that child. happened. I <laughs> pissed myself when that shit happened. It was so great. So, okay. yeah, no, high spot for me. All right. Cuz is over here seriously warming himself up to, to have a rebuttal <laughs> in which he's going to lean into the camera more and get rid of all the stretching he just did. I... <laughs> Was stretching to prepare to rip the IWC a new asshole because, like mm-hmm. it or not, Cody Rhodes is a main event talent. The ratings don't lie, the pop doesn't lie, the reaction doesn't lie, the ability doesn't lie. For yeah. everyone that's sitting there going, Cody Rhodes, blah blah blah, stardust, and they're that, eat your ass, yeah. eat your own ass at this point. <laughs> like, I love that he did the stardust cartwheel with the. Yeah. Yes. And like he talked about it later and was like, I told everybody not to mention Stardust. Like it's in my contract and everything like that. And the first thing I did was uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but no, like really, God's honest. With that debut and everything like that, this is the first time coming out of a mania where I feel like a real superstar has been established and you can tell who the next guy is going to be. Yeah. Like the moment that Roman drops his title and if it's Cody or if it's somebody else or whatever, there's a guy there that's a draw that can pick up where he leaves off. Kind of like with Hogan and Randy Savage. Yeah. But he doesn't have the temper that Randy Savage had. You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't have the downfall, like the yeah. downsides. Um, the reason why he had his match with Seth Rollins was because Rollins' first match on the I want to say it was like FCW, like when they did like their takeover or something like that, like their version of takeover. It was against Cody Rhodes. Like he was the first person that Rollins. The big F- with. yeah, the big FCW event. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, the last big feud that they were in was with the Shield before they left and everything. Mm. So, and the fact that, you know, Cody's dad was such a big role in, like, Rollins being developed and everything like that. Like, uh. like it just made 100% sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if this had happened in AEW, all the fans would be going, oh, this is long-term storytelling. This is long-term booking. No, it's not. It's just using history okay um I, i'm getting so tired of the of the aew marks trying to claim everything is long-term booking now it's, it's crazy um but yes i i 100 100 agree with uh with everything that just came out of your mouth there um i also got to say I, I i i was very critical of the johnny knoxville match happening at wrestlemania and this is two years in a row now by the way folks where a celebrity match has been pretty damn good 
at WrestleMania. Um, you know, Bad Bunny last year and, and, and Johnny Knoxville this year. I, listen, as long as, as long as it's entertaining, I'm okay with it at this point. Well, they didn't have um, Johnny do anything that was, he couldn't do, which right. is great. I also and, think it helps that we grew up watching his stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. If you're not a fan of Jackass, you were not, or didn't know what Jackass was, you would have no idea what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and it was huh. also a very much for the kids match. Huh. Well, I am twenty nine years old, so <laughs> maybe I mean, I'm a child. It so. got it got a little bit more humid in South Florida when that match happened. Just so everybody's no. clear, she was she was she was sitting there looking at Sammy stroking his uh his commie beard, going, "Oh yes." <laughs> I mean, she's very close to Cuba. Very very close to Cuba. um okay so my my big moment that i was really happy with from wrestlemania i mean my 13 year old self couldn't have been more ecstatic for that stone cold steve austin match that we got at the end of night one um you know do you you know what's crazy so i realized that's the first time i've ever watched a stone cold match live wow Yeah, because, like, all the Stone Cold matches, like, even though I was a fan of wrestling, I didn't get the pay-per-views very often, so I didn't see his last match at um, with The Rock. Mm. So this was the first time I ever watched a Stone Cold match live. Yeah. And it's funny, because you and I are sitting there, Amy, watching this match with uh, with OG and with and with Slash, and, and we're looking at each other going, ooh, that, that, bump is, that bump was ugly into the guardrail. Ooh, that bump was <laughs> – that did not look good going into the ring post. And then yeah. all of a sudden – Austin's light turned on, man. Like, like mm-hmm. he he went into the full like, oh, my body remembers how to do this. Hold my yeah. beer, literally yeah. hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Drank a million beers like, to refuel over the course of the match. And and listen, I don't care that it was just a brawl and that it was it was. That's what Stone Cold does is he brawls and, yeah, and he, with his neck and everything like that. He didn't have the technical prowess even when he was in like the height of his career. Oh no, yeah. I mean after after the, the neck injury it was it was all you know, it was all downhill in terms of what he could do and so he had to get over on his character and then the character had to translate into the ring. Um so I, I mean I one hundred percent um you know, I went into this weekend, this past weekend, thinking that this was just gonna be a a very physical encounter where they were going to brawl a little bit around the ring. And then Austin was going to stun KO and that was going to be the end of it. He was going to throw the middle finger up and drink a beer and be done. And we got a bell to bell 12. What was it? 13 minutes. Uh, I think it was a long match, you know, was, you know, wrestling match. And, and, you know, Austin took a freaking suplex bump on the cement. And then he, and then he gave two suplexes up on the ramp. Which is crazy that they, like, they put that over so much. It's it's just a suplex. We see a million of those during a regular match, but we're Mm -hmm. just sitting there like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yeah, like, they had us eating out of the palm of their hand, and that's what WrestleMania can do for you, you know, as a wrestling fan. Not just that, but in terms of guys coming back after, like, 20 years in their 50s and having a match, Mm -hmm. I would say that with his age and everything like that, that's probably the best match I've seen where a guy's come out of his retirement. And, like, I mean, a lot of people, like, look at Terry Funk and think, like, a lot of his stuff was really good and all that. But, like, a lot of it was, like, dumpster fire shit with ECW. I mean, -hmm. if we're going to be honest. That was probably the best match that I've seen for, like, a guy coming back after, like, 20 years. Yeah. And that goes back to what we yeah, what we said about Johnny is you play to what their strengths are. You don't make them do anything that could possibly they could botch. Right. So like, it, as simple as a suplex is, like it's what he can do. He yep. can't really do much. So yep. play to that. Yep. Like the Sting Triple H match to me was garbage. Mm-hmm. The Sting AEW stuff is garbage. The last couple Undertaker matches were garbage. Mm-hmm. Like. It's amazing that like Austin pretty much like outperformed all of them. Yep. All of them. Yep. It's limited. And by the way, he looked great. I have expected him to take the t shirt off and go ham. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
Like he looks fantastic. I wanted him to take I wanted him to take KO to the to the catering section backstage and re and redo the Booker T segment from the grocery store. Like I I was 13-year-old Ted just like ready to ready to rock and roll cuz Steve Austin was doing his thing again, man. It was it was awesome. Let's check on the jackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so yeah, so so that was my uh, you know my my real high point for WrestleMania. Um, you know, I, I, I we're starting to kind of run out of time here, so I do want to I, I want to wrap up so we can talk about Raw after WrestleMania. Um, you know, let's talk the main event for just a second here. Um, Amy, I think you said it earlier, didn't quite match the climax that we were getting. Right. Yeah. It was a great match. It was a very good match. Yeah. Even though we've seen this match a hundred fucking times. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah, it did not match Mm -hmm. what the main event of this entire weekend should have been. Right. Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like every time they, they try to build one of these matches is like the greatest of all time. Like the Randy Orton edge thing. Right it's the greatest wrestling match of all time and the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, you know, it's a letdown. Yeah. They got to learn from this mistake and, you know, and move forward. I think. Um, it's very much the exploding ring for AEW. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 100% accurate. All right. Um, I don't want to dwell though, because it was, uh, like I said, fantastic WrestleMania. Yeah wow what a wow just wow what a show right um both nights um absolute absolutely wonderful very few moments that made you go eh, scratch your head you know um really really good stuff let's talk the raw after wrestlemania we are we are kind of running out of uh out of air time here so we got to talk about this kind of quick but um how about i spitball my points then you guys go yeah from that, like that's said, fine yeah good all right, so the first thing is these are things to look forward to throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got three potential Batistas on the roster in terms of, like, guys that could develop and turn into, like, something decent because you've got Moss, Riddick, and Butch. All three of them have potentials. Ridge Holland. Got it. Yeah, Ridge Holland. Sound like you said Riddick. I was like, isn't that Madcap Moss? <laughs> Um, all three of them have potential to be decent single stars. They've all got the ability. They're all doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is when they're given a, you know, gimmick, running with it. Right. Instead of fighting against it. Because, um, I mean, remember Batista. Batista debuted with, you know, a collection box on his neck. Yep. But, um... I think it's just going to be maybe somebody needs to take interest in them or whatever, but all three of them, I think, are very viable, especially looks-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to look forward to this year is potentially Orton and Riddle finally splitting up and going on a long, brutal feud. And with the hopes of that bringing out some intensity out of Riddle instead of just, you know, the fun stuff. Dude, I hope Riddle turns on Orton. Yeah. I, cause I think Orton is just like happy to be there. Orton. I love him as that. And I think the fact that like he trusts somebody and now this person turns on him, I think that would be like a freaking great story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing that I had was Reigns deserved the win. He deserved this mm. ascension. He's finally here. He's finally the top superstar in the industry. There's no, no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people need to stop making fun of him and everything like that because he puts on good matches. And, I mean, shedding the shield theme, actually coming out with a different finisher besides the spear. Like, I really like the guillotine choke that he does. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see him do something like the Ring of Saturn, Rings of Saturn where, like, he could just stretch the guy's arm and the dude could just scream in the middle of the ring in agony. Like, it would have really played up to, like, the brutality of his character and everything, but I'm happy with what they chose. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all I got. Well, I think um, I think first of all, all, all valid points. 
Um, I want to see at like, and Amy, this is because you and I talked about it while we were watching it, but um, yeah, I 100% agree with Amy that, that riddle should be the one to turn heel here. Let Orton keep doing what he's doing. Cause he's not really a face, right? He's a tweener right now and he can never really, Randy Orton can never really be a face, right? Not again. He could be in the early, you know, in the, in the early 2000s and the 2010s, he could be a face. But now, because we've seen Randy Orton be a heel for the majority of his career, um, he can never really be a face again. Um, he'll, he'll always be a tweener, I think. And so um, just let him keep being a tweener and let Matt Riddle turn on him. And then that way, Randy can still be a savage and still set shit on fire and do this, that, the other thing. And, you know, Riddle can, can benefit from you know, him being on both sides of that coin. Um, I think that Roman Reigns, you know, to, to give a shout out to my boy Devin from uh, Clark Street Wrestling from the League of Extraordinary Podcasts, we have to acknowledge him. We have to acknowledge Roman Reigns, you know, and I'm not saying that to be cheap, you know, cheap plug for Roman Reigns. That are, like, we have to do it at this point. The man, the man has been champion for two years and it hasn't it's had moments where it could have gone really stale and then he's brought it back every single damn time i am not bored and what pushed me into watching wcw was i got tired of like i got tired of the reign of terror with triple h as much as i love triple h that one like really long run that he had with the title i just got tired of it same thing with austin when austin had the title with the invasion and everything like that, it made me want to watch something else because certain guys, it just gets too long. Yep. I honestly don't like care that. It's like me with Cena. Me with Cena. Too yeah. long. <clears throat> full, full steam. Full steam ahead there, for sure. Um, let's talk about something a little bit controversial for just a second here. Ezekiel. Dude, I freaking love it. I love it. I, I'm in love with this because WWE is blatantly saying fuck you to everybody and well, no. I love it. The best part, and I kind of hope, because at first when I saw the angle on Raw, I thought it was going to be like, oh, they're just going to like make the jokes and then it's just going to, he's going to turn into a character. No, they're leaning into the whole thing that he's like the younger brother. Yeah. And, well, my creative mind is going through, but what if like only the fans and Kevin Owens acknowledge it? And everybody else is just like, no, it's Ezekiel. And like Kevin My- Owens loses his freaking mind. <laughs> going like, no, this is a Sammy lie. Zane. Like Sammy Zayn's like, what are you talking about, man? This exactly. is obviously. Yeah. No, I think so, if they go that route, it will be hilarious. And it's a great use of Owens because Owens has that like humor to get yep. it over. Yeah. I fully stand by the fact that I say that he looks like Hugh Jackman. He, a, little a little bit, bit yeah. A little bit. Like, I did the Wolverine hair and did the bub thing. Yeah. In the chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, I, I think that this is a great fresh start for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it's even on, on his Twitter. I love, <laughs> I love he's like, Hey guys, just so you know, like I'm, uh, I'm taking over his Twitter too. <laughs> but it's still named. I am Elias. Yeah. Twitter handle. <laughs> yes. But this is really Ezekiel, his younger, his younger brother. Like, I love it. I love it. I think it's so cheesy that it's perfect. I think that there's I also a like that line. he has that 70s show hair at yes. the same time. It's perfect. He looks like uh who was that dude that showed up in like the later seasons when uh, Eric was away in Africa? Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. I could but... see him in my mind. Yeah. Yep. He was such yep. a terrible character, but he has the same hair as Ezekiel. Yeah. 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 Okay, so Veer, he finally showed up. Veer finally arrived. What was that, like six months just for him to beat down Dominic Mysterio? Yep. And, and I feel a- like okay. Veer is going to be something decent. Because listening to him as he was beating down on Dominic, like he can talk and he doesn't do the super like masculine voice that, like, you know. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he could talk, 
Because, like, talking to a crowd versus talking in a match are two different things. Well, no. What I'm saying is, is, like, vocally, he sounds like Samoa Joe when he speaks. Mm. So they're not going to play up an accent or anything like that. They've already made that clear. That's what I'm getting at. Like, he's not, they're not going to be like, it's the big Indian guy. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you know. Yeah, the racist Indian accent. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, the crowd was like hyped up, they were hyped up, they were hyped up, and then Veer came out and they went <sighs> right? Like the these video packages didn't do their job all they made, all they did was piss people off because they took up air time like there are so many different ways that they could have gone about doing this and um, man this just wasn't one of them, this just wasn't I one just- of them I'm mad that they weren't self-aware enough to realize that as time went on, the more of a joke it became. So why not turn it into a joke? Like, I I get it. Like, they had their plans. But you went five to six months promoting this guy, and people kept making the joke, is beer coming? Like, (laughs) I'm going to, like, something is going to happen before beer does. So, like, why not play into that a little bit? And then, I was gonna debut tonight, but somebody pronounced my name wrong or something. Yeah, or something. Yeah, like something stupid. Like, right? Like they did that. Didn't they do that with um the redhead chick that everybody hates that came back? Like she would always like Eva say Marie. she's gonna have. Yeah, she was gonna have a match, and then something would go wrong, and she would like leave or something. So like yeah, they yeah. could have done that. So, listen, Veer. Uh, Veer is coming, Veer is coming, Veer is coming. It started to sound like the longest tantric sex, you know, ever. <laughs> like, this guy can really go. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> um, but, I'll, but I'll tell you what I was really, really happy with um, on Monday Night Raw. And that was, A, that they found a way to plug SmackDown. Right, which is something that used to happen on every show. You had to go watch SmackDown to see something continue from Raw. They did that with Roman Reigns, right? And they also did it with the NXT Championship match. They had an NXT Championship match on Raw. Braun Breaker won it back, right? And now, and and I'll tell you what: if you guys watch NXT, right? NXT was not great this week, Mm-mm, but one, of, but but <laughs> one of the things that I loved about NXT this week was the division in the crowd. The the crowd was so divided. We want Ziggler. No, we don't. We want mm-hmm. Ziggler. No, we don't. It worked. It freaking worked. That they they wanted to get that one little bit over and they did it. It worked. And they managed to do it by putting it on the big show. I hope they learn from it. I hope that they embrace it as the third brand. And I hope that we start to see it can still be a development brand, but I hope we start to see it be highlighted on the big shows once in a blue moon so that we see the connection between all of these things. Because when we see that connection, it makes people care about the product as a whole and not be divisionists within the one giant product that we're, that we're paying attention to. Hot take. That was one of the most like ouch looking slams I've seen anybody take. When he got him up, he literally just dropped him in. Dropped him on his shoulder. And just, and I was like, that's some backyard wrestling fucking slams right there. <laughs> yeah, that drop onto the shoulder looked rough. But you know what? If anyone if anyone can eat it and not care, it's Ziggler. It's Ziggler. I mean, he went to bed with Amy Schumer, so. Oh. He's had and Sonny. Work. And Sonny. <laughs> um, <laughs> although Sonny gets zero love from me, you know, with all the recent bullshit now. So we're not even going to get into it too much here, but. So, you know, I think that the Raw after Mania was okay. Amy, I know you said you were a little bored by it. But at the end of the day, I feel like they did a, ju- a good job continuing what they, what they built on for Mania. Um, the, I questioned the bit with Omos, um, but I loved the, the presentation of the Bloodline. I loved the tag team match between the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy and, uh, and how, hard, you know, how hard-hitting it was and the fact that it was a Texas Tornado tag team match, which we haven't seen in forever in the mm. WWE. 
um, with no disc, you know, no disqualifications, no countouts. It was just a beautiful tornado tag. Um, and then, you know, and, and the, the whole bit to basically write Carmella off of TV was well done because they're about to go get married next week. And, you know, they, they're getting married they're today. Not, they're at, oh yeah. So congratulations guys. Um, but you know, the, they did a good job of writing them off and giving them a reason to not be there. It, it was perfect. I think I, I really enjoyed raw this week actually. And that's really hard yeah. to say because I hated raw for so long. The but only glaring thing I have. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, we're uh, forgetting about Edge and uh, Damian Priest. Uh, it fell flat for me. Uh, fell there's rumors now saying that um, Rhea Ripley is going to be part of the group. Yep. Which, okay, to go off of, like, the worst part of Raw for me, that maybe, like, literally scratched my head. So, like, her and Liv Morgan had that fight, uh, match with Sasha Banks and um, Naomi. Yeah. And they, it was for to, like, have a fight later for the championship. So they lose that match. And then the backstage statement, Ray Ripley comes out and says, like, oh, I just talked to management, and we have the title shot next week anyway. I'm like, all right, who is this management? Because, like, that, that doesn't make any sense. But if, the tr- like, if they're just trying to prolong the feud to eventually her turning on Liv and then joining – edge i'm okay with it but it's just like those continuity like logic things don't make sense to me yeah yeah well i mean there, there's lots of things that we could um that we could nitpick but i'll tell you what this was the this was a pretty tolerable raw as far as raws have gone these last two and a half three years uh and and i really i think that this one was a was a pretty good one i hope they continue to build on it and uh we'll see what happens on smackdown tomorrow night so listen, my friends, uh, this has been our season seven kickoff with me and ref thick and with cuz and, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for jumping in with us. We are closing in on 500 subscribers. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to, uh, to listener, bill, the plumber. Thank you so much for, uh, for all the work you came out and did at the, at the crib today. Much appreciated brother. Um, we are up to 469 subscribers right now. Help us get to 500 ASAP. Please hit that subscribe button, like, comment, share, subscribe, hit up the merch store at whatamaneuver.net. Get all of your rewind merch there. Pick up your tickets for all of your coastal championship wrestling uh, events coming up at ccwrestlingfl.com slash events. And, uh, Make sure, please, 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 to like, comment, share, subscribe, but also to follow us all across all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Rewind Podcast, W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. On behalf of my uh, my cast here today and on behalf of uh, the whole Rewind family, thank you so much for your support this past weekend. We really appreciated everything you did for us, uh, you know, jumping into the live streams and in the chats. And a big shout out to our League of Extraordinary Podcast fam that all jumped in uh, for the prediction show. Uh, and for Tom over at Sportswire, who uh, who jumped in and, and had us live on Sportswire on Saturday morning as well. Thank you guys all so much for the support and for the love. Uh, three, you know, three-year anniversary is, uh, is something real special. And uh, we appreciate you guys all here at the Rewind Wrestling Network. And my friends, thank you as listeners. We will catch you next time here on Rewind Wrestling Radio. <laughs>